conditions can sometimes plague the way we perceive our own existence. Persistence can take a toll and require more than we are ultimately willing to give. Disorder and disease was never a part of my vision. Yet here I am in decisions that only the presence of the Father can distinguish. Mark 3 reminds me of this difference between his plan and my own ignorance, between his stand and my need for deliverance. Let us read Mark 3, 1 through 6. Another time Jesus came into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal the man on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save or to kill? But they remained silent. Verse five, he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and the hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. What if Jesus hadn't been there? There are multiple ways to look at this. Maybe Jesus lives and not dies, or maybe the man's hands remain as they were. Maybe if you had just gone to the doctor sooner, or maybe this is if Eve could speak. I'm Lex. And the title of this episode, well, let's just say his presence is enough. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We don't know what your time zone is, but we're going to cover all the bases anyway, okay? We got you. We got you. This is If Eve Could Speak. I'm Lex. Yo, homie, Janelle, say what's up to the people. How y'all doing? Y'all doing okay? How's your week been? Okay. Look, how has it been is right. I'm going to tell you how my week has been, though. God's presence, God's presence, man, that scripture, that scripture, y'all, let's go back there. Mm. Yeah, let's jump there right is into a it. Man. There is a man with a shriveled hand. There is a man with a handicap. There is a man with a disability. There is a man with a lisp. There is a man with whatever you're going through. There is a man, there is a woman But what if God hadn't been in this situation? What if he hadn't been on the scene? Would that have changed anything? What do you think, Janelle? Hmm. Well, I'll definitely insert my what if, you know, my little thing here. My my what if is uh, this week has definitely been, you know, the expectations and the demands 
have caused me to try to want to get out of my character, but I can't. You can't, girl. I, I know the Lord and he's expecting me to like, you know, yeah. represent in these streets, but these streets, some of the stuff you come across, some of the stuff you come across in these streets, let me tell you something. <laughs> so okay. when I was even thinking about, you know, this title and just thinking about this podcast, I definitely wanted to, you know, talk about, you know, the man with the shriveled hand because that's like a very practical example of how God can show up for you. Facts. I think we've, we've kind of heard those stories of like, I had this sickness, I had this, you know, and Jesus healed me type of things. I, I feel like I've heard those stories before. Facts, facts. Yeah. It's, it's different when it's you. Mm. It's different when you need him to show up for you. It becomes personal almost. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, it is so crazy too, because I feel like from a practical standpoint, I have been, I am, I shall be the man with the shriveled hand. Mm. Why? Because I have a shriveled hand of my own. Mm. And what this scripture really shows me is that when Jesus is in the mix, <laughs> when he is in the mix, no matter what tradition says, no matter what the doctors in the textbooks and science says, preach that the Lord will show up and not only will he show up, but he will show out in front of everyone who's connected to you. Everyone who's connected to your moment, everything, everyone who's connected to that season. Jesus says, yo, stand up in front of everyone. I am going to do wonders in your life in front of the very ones who said that you never, who, who said that, 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 that I, that I could never do that, that that was impossible, that not, not, surely he wouldn't do that on the set. Preach, preach it. Preach what it. is wrong preach. with you? <laughs> but Jesus' response in this moment is like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. What is more lawful? To do good or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? So what is more so when I think about what tradition may tell us, what, what religion may tell us, God may be calling you to do something that's mad untraditional in this season. But you have to know that as long as, long as his presence is with you, yo, that he, he will stand you up in front of everybody. And he will transform what was said, once said, would never live again. And Ezekiel, he says, yo, can these dry bones live? Can these dry bones be made people, become people again? Can this shriveled hand write again? Can the shriveled situation be whole again? Can that shriveled marriage be happy, be, be resourceful, be, be whole again? Yo, Janelle, what you got to say about this, man? I'm like, I'm hyped. I mean, you know? it's easy for us to like be like, oh my gosh, this is so good because <laughs> you know we kind of been in the faith for a while. How long have you been in the faith, Lex? Tell the people your your spiritual age. Yeah, what we count? How we count it though? Like, how do we, we count? Okay, like you made the decision, decision. Like you weren't playing around. You was like, okay, God, I'm ready to do this for real, for real. Because for me, 
I've been in the church, but my spiritual age is one years old. Facts, facts. That's a difference. I'm a baby out here in these spiritual streets, though. So what? What's your spiritual age? For me, it happened in October of 2016. I decided that, look, man, you brought me through too much for mm-hmm. me to not worship you. Like you've shown up and showed out too many times in my life for me to not exalt you. What am I doing? Yeah. So five years, five years is where I would say, give or take. Five years. And so let's bring them into the context of the story so they can see why we shout. Mm-hmm. So Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. So the religious people back in the, those days, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the whatever sees, they had a whole bunch of laws or things that you can and cannot do. If you did, if you did it, you were punishable by law, by religious law, mm-hmm. and they will hold you accountable. Thanks. So imagine it's almost similar. If I could bring it into 2021 mm-hmm. is if Jesus showed up at your workplace where they told y'all y'all can't pray and he came and stand in the middle of your cubicle. Now I know we all at, you know, we all kind of working from home and doing all that, but just imagine Jesus showing up to your workplace, standing in the middle of your cubicle and healing you and doing a miracle in front of everybody. That's exactly how this was. And so the people were upset about it. Imagine your manager being like, you can't do that here. You're not supposed to be speaking in tongues and healing people. Security, security. Like you can't be doing that here. That's what happened. Amen. And that's what Jesus did. And he did it in the middle of the church and the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're kind of like, so hype about it. Cause Jesus is like, look, bump your rules. Amen. Amen. Y'all sat here and watched this man. And he had this condition for how long we don't even know how long he was there. We don't know how long he kept going to church and praying for a miracle waiting for mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Ain't that how we be? Oh, if Lord, if I can just get a miracle, if I can just get an answer prayer, if I can just, if I can just, you know, that's how we be. Amen. Amen. And Jesus actually showed up for him. Yes. His so presence. Jesus, yes, yes, yes. We see Jesus's presence in this moment, in the scripture, in this passage, in this man's life. We see how the presence not only is enough, but it transforms his entire life. It transforms his entire existence. This man, I'm, I can tell you, I've never met him a day in my life, but I've been willing to bet and put money on it that his life was never the same. Um, so we see that in this moment, but there are so many other moments like it. Yo, let's look at, let's look at Mark 9. Let's do it. You let's want me to read it? Look, look, you, you gonna do that. You gonna pick us up. I, I, I can read for the people. I can read for the people. Okay, we're gonna do Mark 9. And we're gonna read verse uh, 2 through 13. 2 through 13. All righty. Let me know when you have it. <laughs> I'm a little special now. I, okay, I'm here. All right. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. 
let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, they were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they all looked around, there was, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And when they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is why then it is written that the son of man must suffer much and be rejected. But I tell you, Elijah has come and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. In this passage, Jesus's presence is with his followers and they get a new revelation. They're introduced to something that they've never experienced, something that they probably never even thought would be possible. They are in the midst of Bible greats. <laughs> but not only that, but they come to, to terms with this, with this newfound sort of revelation being risen from the dead. Janelle, how does this passage speak to you specifically? Hmm. I think it brings up a question to me and something that I would like to, you know, take to God and ask him about. And I've actually heard someone speak on this recently. Um, she was saying, like, she asked God, like, why did you make Jesus poor? Mm -hmm. Why did you bring him to earth as a poor man? Like, why did Jesus grow up in the ghetto? <laughs> Basically, that's what she said. <laughs> because Jesus did not grow up in um, a wealthy household um, by any means. Um, I'm actually watching a series on, um, it's actually not on a streaming site, but it's called The Chosen. It's basically the story of the gospels, but like in real life. So I would encourage everybody to go watch it. It gives you a great depiction of what Jesus was doing on the earth. I highly recommend it. But in one scene, Jesus is like sitting down to eat with a couple of friends and he tells them like, oh, my name is Jesus. I'm from Nazareth. And this guy like literally blurts out Nazareth. Nothing good ever comes from there. <laughs> like he just says like, he's like, he just basically clowning Jesus hometown. And I'm just like, wow. Like I didn't really connect the two until he said that like Nazareth was not, it was a ghetto. Yeah. And so in this passage, Jesus being transformed and the glory of God falling on him and that people and that Peter, James, who is it? Peter, James and John were able to see God or see Jesus as he truly is in all his glory. Like we take for granted, I think, just the divine nature of Jesus Yeah, because he's human. And I'm pretty sure they probably did as well. But. Like until they saw him in that state. So that's what I get from this, this um, passage. And I'm pretty sure this definitely transformed Peter, James and John after they saw something like that. They were probably like, bruh. <laughs> yes. 
in God's presence, in the presence of the Lord. Our thoughts are transformed, our purposes are transformed, our, our situations, our circumstances, they are transformed just as Jesus does in this particular instance. So maybe up until this point, they thought, okay, it's a cool dude, he do cool things or whatever, that's what's up or whatever. But the moment that we come into we come to know Jesus for who he really is for who and what he truly represents and i think it's so cool even the the um the um the part that you brought up Janelle about just how um uh, why 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 is it necessary for Jesus to be poor like when i think about the chosen ones why is it necessary for the chosen to go through so much to experience so much a uh, trial and tribulation and turmoil why is that necessary why is it necessary Jesus shows us in this passage because through that He's able to transform us. He's able to truly reveal his glory. He's able to truly show us what he had in mind alone. Now, just because of my situation or my condition, don't underestimate me. Don't underestimate the, the calling that he has on me. And I believe that that's what Jesus truly showed his disciples in this moment. Yes, I'm a carpenter. Yes, I'm all these things, but ultimately, I am who my father says I am. And my father says that I am clean and I am whiter than snow. My father tells me that I am royalty. He tells me that I am a chosen and a royal priesthood. In God's presence, these things can be revealed to us. And in God's presence, I have one more scripture for you. It's Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Let's do it. All right. Uh, this silence is us trying to find it on our phones. Just letting you know. Okay, gotcha. Wait, I'm not there yet. Don't wait for me. Sorry. Matthew 14. What's the verse? Verse 22. All right, let's get it. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. What is the other side? Let's tackle that. While he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray later that night he was there alone and the boat was already considerably a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it Verse 15, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Then the disciples saw him. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. 
Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Verse 30, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Verse 32, when they climbed into the boat, the wind calmed down, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, 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 you are the son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let their sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. And all who touched it were healed. My Bible says that when Jesus stretched out his hand, yes, he, yes, he acknowledged Peter's lack of faith, but we also see that he couldn't die. And not only that, but when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. When Jesus' presence, when we allow God's presence to enter into our storm, to enter into our circumstances, the winds obey, the wind dies down. When we cry out to God, even in our faithlessness, the winds die down. Jesus reveals himself in a way and yet another way that they had least expected. Yo, if this is you, God, call me to come to you. Lord, if this is you, if you are in this situation with me, make it all right. Transform in yet new ways that I've yet to experience you. If this is you, God. Janelle, what are you thinking? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, I'm just thinking about Peter's statement. Like, if it is you, tell me to come. It's like the urgency to see Jesus. Obviously, that's a miracle. Walking on water, that's not something you see every day. And for him to be like, I want to emulate that. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. And that's what the true presence of God when you experience it, when you see miracles happen, you're like, I want more of that. Yeah. It doesn't become a chore. It's not something that you're like, oh, another miracle today, another breakthrough. Oh, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of break. It doesn't make sense. And so when we remain in the presence of God, when we are calling out to him throughout our daily lives, he shows up and we can't get enough of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll become a thing where you're just like, okay, well, you fixed my finances. Well, can you uh, help me in my relationship? Because this is a, uh, we're going through some stuff over here, you know? Or, you know, they kind of tripping at my job. Can you come show up and help me out? Amen. Amen. Like, All right, you called me to come on the water, but now I'm sinking. 
Yeah. You gave me the blessing, but now the blessing seems like a curse. Lord, save me. He is still mighty to save. And he still shows up. He still responds to the cry of his people. Whatever your cry is tonight, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, I dare you to cry out. Daughter, son, boy, girl, man, woman. When I think about Eve, and what God's presence did for her and her legacy. Her seed will crush the serp, the, the, crush the serpent seed's head, even though the serpent seed will bruise his heel. This is manifestation of the promise. The promise even in our iniquity, even in our sin, that God is still ever present, that his presence is still enough, that he still shows up even in moments, even in times where he said, to what he said to have been extinct, where he, it may have been 30, 50, 80 years, and I'm still the same in his presence. Shriveled hands are restored. The Bible talks about this man and his hands are shriveled. It's, it, it uses the word restored, meaning that wasn't God's original intent. That wasn't how it was supposed to be. That's good. Whatever you're going through right now, it can be restored because that is not God's plan. That is not his original intent. His intent is for you to win. His intent is for you to prosper. His intent is for you to be all that you he has designed and created you to be. I dare you to allow the father to restore your shriveled hand, your shriveled destiny, your shriveled marriage, your, your, your shriveled circumstance. Because his presence, his presence is enough. Yo, this is if you could speak. Lex and Janelle, we out. We out of here. <laughs>